0: the Venue Podcast. The Venue is a worship gathering of Southcrest Baptist Church. To learn more about the Venue at Southcrest, visit us online at southcrest.org or on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Southcrest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. Amen. Y'all can grab a seat, man. Great start to worship. Love singing with you guys. Hey, if you have your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And this is something we, we mentioned, uh, Pastor David mentioned a couple of weeks ago, and then I mentioned uh, last Sunday. Um, we're, we're kind of making a little shift here. So uh, when, we, when Pastor David asked me to start preaching in the venue every week, he has said, hey, man, get after it. As long as you preach the Bible, just uh, you can preach whatever series you want. And then back in October, I was talking with my buddy Garrett and he was like, man, why aren't y'all doing why aren't you doing the same series as Pastor David? there's some some unity, there's some continuity for the whole church. And I was like, I think you're right, bro. And so I talked to Pastor David. He was all in on that. And so I'm pumped about us being synced up. So that means each Sunday we'll be doing the same um, the same passage. And so he joked about maybe he could write a sermon one week and I could write a sermon the next week and we could do like half the work, but we're not gonna do that, I promise. So just kidding. Um, and I'm, we're really not going to do that. <laughs> so anyways, uh, looking forward to being in the same text. And so he had, as we were going through Ephesians, he was in the Sermon on the Mount. And then he spent quite a while doing a series specifically over the Lord's Prayer. And then we had the Christmas season. And now for the next few weeks, I think it's four or five weeks, we'll finish out the Sermon on the Mount. And I'm, I'm pumped about this passage this morning. And if, uh, if you're already looking at your Bible a little bit and you see the passage, Matthew 6, we're going to be in verse... Um, 25, you're going to see it's a very familiar passage. And we were talking this morning, uh, Pastor and I, and, and saying, man, what a, what a perfect text to begin a new year and to begin a new decade, um, thinking about worry. But I want to I show you something this morning. Um got this. Oh, I didn't try to see if this works. Let's try that again. All right, my little fancy clicker's not working. Sorry, guys. We'll just, I'll let uh, Clayton dominate it back there. Yes. So we got this picture here. Um, this is up in, uh, where was this, Lauren? Somewhere in California. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Anyway, so uh, Lake Tahoe. There we go. Okay. So um, it's a pretty picture. It's super grainy, as you can tell. You'll see why in a second. But um, it's, a, it's a pretty picture on its own, just seeing this portion of the picture. Um, and I think that's similar to how this passage is Matthew 6, 25 through 34. When you look just at those verses, it, it really is beautiful. It's, it's good stuff. There's a lot of meat there. But when you zoom out and see it in its full context, it's even richer. So if y'all go to that next picture, um, you can see this portion right here was what I, what the picture was a second ago, but this is the full picture and when you see the full picture, you see there's more to it. It's richer. There, there's more going on. I would say it's, it's more amazing. Um, it's more thrilling. And that's how this passage is. If you look just at the verses 25 through 34, it's good stuff. But when you see it in its full context, it's richer. And I would say it's not just more encouraging. I would say it's, it's even more challenging. I, I think the verses 25 to 34 they can tend to be like great coffee mug verses. I was laughing, thinking about like, um, there's just some verses you don't put on a coffee mug, right? Like verses about gnashing of teeth and and damnation. Like, that's not like, check out my new coffee mug, right? You normally do the coffee mug thing with things about, look at the birds of the air and the flowers of the field. Um, If we just look at this passage as kind of a coffee mug passage, I think we're missing out. And before we look at the full context um, I, oops, sorry. Now it's working. Sorry, Clayton. We you go back? That's my bad, bro. <laughs> That's why I, shouldn't, I should not be allowed to mess with technology. Um, <laughs> when you look at the full context, I think it has incredible and important, significant implications for this, for this year, but even for this decade that I don't want us to miss. So before we look just at these verses, I, I want to back up to verse 19, Let's give us give ourselves some context. So I'm in chapter 6, verse 19. Don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So this is real simple, this is easy. He says, don't store up treasures where? Don't store them where? On earth. And you should store them where? Yeah, man, hey, we got this. 2020, it's the new us. We're getting bold, right? So don't store them where? On earth, right? And we should store them where? In heaven. Hey, we're waking up. There we go, okay. He says, because where your treasure is, what else is where your treasure is? Your heart. So where I invest." my heart goes along, right? So where I spend my money, my time, my resources, where I put that, my heart is going to be there too. And I think he continues the same thought. Verse 22, "'The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness?' In the Hebrew mindset, the eye the is a similar imagery, similar, uh, similar thought as the heart. So I think he's, again, I think he's continuing his thought where your heart is, where your eye, where your focus, where your priorities are, that, that's where your heart is. So he says, if your heart, your eye, your focus is on earthly things, your, your life is going to be full of earthly things. And, and here's the darkness. But if your eye, your heart, your focus, your priority is on heavenly things, your life is filled with heavenly things. You still tracking with me? Okay. Verse 24. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You can't serve God and money. And in the Greek, it's uh, mammon, so the idea of possessions, material things. says so you can't serve both. It's either or. You're going to serve God wholeheartedly, or you're going to serve stuff, money, possessions, wholeheartedly. Do you, are you see, do you see the common thread through those passages? I don't want to break them up too much. I think there's a common thread there. So Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, in these, in these verses... He's calling people who want to be part of his kingdom. What is it like to live in his kingdom? It's to invest in heaven. It's to set your heart, your desire, your pursuit on his kingdom, on what matters to God, on on pursuing purity and holy and righteousness. And uh, if you look at the whole context of the New Testament, people knowing and hearing and responding to the gospel and investing your resources to further the gospel, to further the kingdom. So he's challenging them to do that. Now let's think for a second. I really did like, I, was super, I wasn't really excited about this passage, and the more I studied, the more I got excited, because I think there's a, a key here to understanding this. What is the Like when you go to a conference or even like on a Sunday or whatever and and someone's speaking and they're calling you to pursue Christ with all you have, to leave it all behind, to to stand there with arms up and wide and say, some of you God's calling you to the mission field and some of you he's calling you even though you've studied for this uh, this degree, you've been in this particular um, uh, field of work for however many years he's calling you to do something different but Christ is calling you to leave that behind and trust him and serve him wholeheartedly. When that happens... Isn't there some reservation in your heart? Y'all with me? Maybe some little even, um, little worry of like, okay, if I, if I invest in heaven and not in earth, if I set my eye, my heart, my priorities on Christ and his kingdom and not what makes me happy, my stuff, if I serve God and not mammon, not stuff, not money, who's gonna take care of me? <laughs> Are you with me? Like, what's gonna happen to me if I go, A way you could say, if I go all in on God, on his kingdom, investing my treasures in his kingdom, what about me? What what am I going to do? Now, if I could fast forward for a second. I think as Americans, and me for sure included, most of us don't experience those tensions a whole lot because we just run away from them. We don't really consider going all in on God. We were at a a conference with uh, some of the Journey folks this past week, and they were doing a, uh, not a fundraiser, they're raising funds for um, Bible translation. The goal is to have the Bible translated into every language by 2033, which is crazy that literally the last Bible translator is probably already alive. That's super cool. Um, And so we had opportunity to give to that work, to that effort. And even as We were praying about it. I felt in my spirit a little bit of tension, even though I wasn't about to give like all our resources. Hey, Lauren, I gave away all our bank account. Like, (laughs) I wasn't about to do that. There was still this tension, this hesitation of, well, if I give this, what am I going to miss out on other things? And I think as Americans, we don't often worry about, well, if I really go in all in on God, what am I going to eat? What am I going to wear? Because we're so far from being that far in. Does that make sense? I love Pastor David when he, uh, he was kind enough to share some of his notes with me, and oh, oh, here's the note, sorry. Um, he gave me this quote in thinking about worry and how hesitations of going, all, what, ha- what will happen to me if I go all in on God, how worry can take over your life. He says, worry is a thin stream of fear trickling through the mind. If encouraged, it cuts a channel into which all other thoughts are drained. Isn't that true? That if I decide to take the bait on worry and, oh man, what if this does happen? What if I serve God in this way and then I don't get this? What if I pursue God in this way and this doesn't happen? As we encourage those worry-filled worried thoughts, <laughs> it just gets bigger. <laughs> the canyon gets bigger where all our thoughts begin to flow that way. I think, no, I, yeah, wholeheartedly believe, <laughs> verses 25 through 33 is Jesus dealing with the natural human objection response, pushback on, if I invest in God's kingdom, who's going to take care of me? So I think the question this morning is, parents, bear, bear, bear with me here, why should we tell worry to shut up when it tries to keep us from going all in on God. And I said, parents, if you're like, we don't say shut up, you're right. We don't tell people to shut up. But when it comes to the enemy and when it comes to lies from Satan, that government, we tell him to shut up, right? There's a time to get violent and get serious. And when it comes to lies from the enemy, we're going to get a little bit more serious. I really, as silly as it is, I kind of wrestled with, should I say shut up here? I think it's okay. Why should we tell worry to shut its mouth, (laughs) to be quiet, to shut up, when it tries to keep us from going all in on God? To give you one more quick example to help make sure we're all tracking here, uh, a lot of you know Zach Calderon and his wife Becca, they are. Uh, they serve here on the Next Gen Ministry. Um, Zach grew up here in the student ministry, but they, they got married back in October. But they are literally right now in Thailand, um, checking out a ministry that they're probably going to partner with, Lord willing, uh, in about a year or two. And so when that time comes, we're going to be sad to see them go. But they're wholeheartedly looking at going and partnering and, and serving full time in Thailand. And as they've pursued this, you better believe, as much as like Zach is a go-getter and he's not, he doesn't act real scared, as I've talked with him and Becca, they've been wrestling with, man, we just got these degrees. Well, be- Zach would tell you he's not quite there. But Becca's finishing up her engineering degree. Like, she said, am I going to really leave that behind to go and serve God overseas? Like, God, are you going to take care of us if we just leave all of our comfort behind and go and serve you? Like, why shouldn't we be worried If we go all in in serving God, listen to the response of Jesus. Verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O oh, you of a little faith? Therefore, don't be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles sink after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek First, the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, don't be anxious about tomorrow. <laughs> for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Here's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to look at three reasons I'm kind of summarizing some of them but three reasons I believe Jesus gives us for telling worry, to shut its mouth when it tries to keep us from going all in and serving God and pursuing his kingdom. And after we look at those three reasons, we're going to say, I believe Jesus also gives us the remedy for worry. So here's the first one. The best things in life aren't found in stuff. I know stuff is such a generic word, but literally stuff, possessions, material things, whether it be in, like, things you can touch and see and smell. So food and clothes. And that is verse 25. He says, don't be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is life not more than food, and the body more than clothing? <laughs> The best things in life, the things that bring the most joy, the things that bring the most satisfaction, that it's not in stuff, it's bigger than that. Think about when you, if you go to dinner with some friends, maybe even your best friends, even if you go to a really nice steakhouse or something and have an incredible, amazing meal, afterwards when you go home and you think about that meal, You might say, man, the steak was good or whatever was good. But what really stands out, if you have good friends, (laughs) is the conversation, right? The time with your friends. Yeah, the steak was good, but man, it was so good to see them. It was so good to be with them. Hopefully, hopefully, that was some of your experience at Christmas time, as you saw some family of, man, the presents were good. Um, Being in a different city was good if you went away. But man, being with people, it's the deeper things that bring the most joy. Jesus says, man, there's more to life than food and drink. There's more to life than just clothing. I think another example is um, I love when, when students, especially middle school, high school, go on a mission trip. And maybe on the mission trip, they even have like a day or a night, like where they get to go shopping when they're at dinner. And they even have a day where they go to Six Flags or something. I love when they come back and you ask them about the mission trip. Even though they're in middle school or high school, you may think, oh, they just wanted to go have fun. 99.9% of the time, the students will tell you, man, the best part, without a doubt, was serving God, was loving on the children or, or painting, whatever we were doing. That was the best part. Not that we got to buy a new T-shirt. Or I got to ride the Superman at Six Flags. The Superman at Six Flags? Okay, I'm making sure I'm not making stuff up. Okay, um, That's not the best part. The best part is serving God. Am I right? Students, am I right? It's not very convincing, but I see some head nods. Yeah, yes, I know I'm right for sure. That's that's what you say, and it's not just the church answer. It's reality because the best things in life aren't found in stuff. Every single time Lord can vouch for this. Every time we do um, premarital counseling with couples, and that's growing more and more that we do that. When I ask them what are they excited about in getting married. Well, the guy first always has one answer that we won't talk about, but um, they, then <laughs> they then always say they're most excited about being together, that they don't have to, at the end of the night, go to separate houses or apartments or whatever. They're excited about being together. Not that they get to get a new house, not that like, they get to share stuff. It's that we get to be together because the richest, most satisfying, most fulfilling things in life aren't found in stuff, in food or what you wear. So again, keeping in full context, Jesus is saying don't let worry that you're going to miss out on the best food or the best clothes or the best drink or the best stuff. Don't let worry about missing that keep you from seeking and pursuing and investing in the kingdom of God. When worry tells you, what are you going to wear if you invest in the kingdom? What are you going to eat if you go overseas? Don't worry to shut its trap because you're going to serve God because the best things in life aren't found in stuff. Amen? And if you say, I, I don't know, bro. I like stuff. I would say, me too. <laughs> I like stuff. But the problem is, it's kind of like, um, and this breaks down because some restaurants have really, really good bread. <laughs> When you go to, amen, thank you, Brittany. Um, you go to a restaurant and you're hungry and you don't want to wait, and so they bring out some bread and you eat a ton of bread. You put the butter on it, if they're really good. They have the honey, cinnamon butter or honey butter, whatever it's called, and you down it. And then how many times, the more mature I get, some of y'all, that's funny to think, but as I get older, um, I have a little more self-control on the bread. Now, when it comes to chips and salsa, that's why I didn't use chips and salsa because the illustration doesn't work, right? You're going to kill some chips. Amen. Kill some chips and salsa. Um, but how many times have i eaten a bunch of bread and then the entree, really what is truly the best stuff comes. and I'm like, uh, man, I'm kind of full. It doesn't sound that good. I think in our lives, we too often fill up on the bread. It's the bread of life. That gets confusing. But the bread that the world offers, just stuff. You with me? Like filler. So clothes, good food. We spend all our time and resources pursuing those things. And we miss out on the fact that, man, if we would hold off on that and invest in the kingdom of God, his entrees are a lot better than the bread the world offers. You with me? So maybe it just requires being patient. Pursue, seek, invest in the kingdom of God without worrying about what you're going to miss because the best life has to offer. is not found in stuff. Worry wants to lie to you and tell you that it's in stuff. Worry also would like to tell you that worrying can make your life better. It's just not true. Look at verse 27. Which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to a span of life? Then verse 34. Don't be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I think Here's the second reason Jesus tells us that we can tell worry to be quiet when it tries to keep us from pursuing him, going all in on him, is worry is incapable of making your life better. I almost wanted to write that worry doesn't change things, but that's not true. Worry makes your life worse. Worry is incapable of making your life better. It, like study after study after study, I even Google to try to find one specific, but there were too many to choose from. Study after study shows us that stress and anxiety and worry about this world, this life, will actually, eventually, it can make you sick, It can make you physically sick. So again, it doesn't just not change anything. It can actually, I think, hurt you. It's incapable of making your life better. That's why he says um, you can't add, some translations have it different, but when he says in verse 27, who can, uh, by being anxious, add a single hour to a span of life. So you, you're not going to make your life longer. You're not going to make yourself healthier. Some say the idea of span being, you're not going to make yourself taller. You can't like, oh, if I stress over this, I'll make myself taller. You can't do it. That would be really cool if you could, right? I would definitely do that. <laughs> it's incapable of changing anything verse 34, I love the realness of Jesus. Do you recognize in this passage, he's not saying, if you follow me, everything will just be daisies and birds. He says, no, you're going to have trouble. <laughs> Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So it's not going to help you at all to worry about tomorrow. <laughs> I love what Corey Tim Boom says. Um, worry does not, I just have it here, let me try to Yeah, worry doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. (laughs) Jesus says, don't let worry, thinking that you can make your life better and maybe if I worry over like what I have and what I can accumulate for myself or what I can invest in for me, don't let worry keep you from serving me, from investing in me because worry's not gonna make your life any better. Speaking of chips and salsa, Y'all like the creamy jalapeno at Chewy's? Thank you, Toby. I mean, oh my God, I did it again, Bobby. (laughs) Sorry. That's right, that's right. (laughs) Man, wow. Um, (laughs) Sorry, inside joke. Hope to be a part of one someday. Um, (laughs) Anyways, uh, I love the creamy jalapeno at Chewy's. Well, this has probably been two or three years ago, but Lauren and her incredible chef skills uh, was going to make some creamy jalapeno at home, which I was, was 100% for. So it wasn't like crazy difficult, but she got the ingredients, spent quite a while getting everything together to make the creamy jalapeno. Uh, the, the process of making it wasn't terribly long, but she made it. And as she's going to transfer it from um, the blender where you like, do the final uh, concoction there, to transfer it from that to a bowl. As she picked the blender up, somehow the bottom on the blender fell out. And so the creamy jalapeno ended up all over the kitchen floor instead of our stomachs. (laughs) It actually ended up in our dog Duval's stomach. He loved it. (laughs) um, It was funny. We've all felt that kind of frustration where you work on something, you invest in something, only to have it just gone. Yesterday, uh, Lauren vacuumed our living room and kitchen, did a great job. And about the time she put the vacuum up, I'll look outside our back window and Duval, our dog, has been rolling in the grass. You know, it's Bermuda, so it's all dormant right now. He's completely covered in grass. He looks like he's a carpet or something. And it looks like, I didn't tell Lauren because I knew she would like kill him or something. (laughs) All that work for nothing. Jesus says that's what worry is like. All this work, all this investment, all this effort, and you're no better for it. If anything, you're frustrated because I spent all this time worrying and nothing happened. So he says, don't let worry keep you from pursuing and investing in the kingdom of God. Don't think that, well, if I focus on me and I invest in myself and worry about what I need and what I want, then my life will be better. He says, no, that's not going to help you at all. So don't let worry prevent you from going all in on me. (laughs) Now, I think you could still say, so we've had these two. The best in life isn't found in stuff. Worry isn't capable of making your life better. I think it'd still be a fair question to wonder okay, well, if I I go all in in the kingdom of God, I invest my treasure in heaven, not in earth. I, I set my focus, my priority on God. I serve, like verse 24 says, I serve God rather than stuff. If I just surrender, Literally all that I have, all my resources, to God. Who's going to take care of me? I think it's a fair question, and even like, and kind of a responsible question of like, I, I don't. There was a, a man recently. Um, we we're doing some kind of homeless ministry here in Lubbock, and a man told, I think it was David, our worship leader, told David that he should consider uh, being homeless because it's really a free life and not working or anything. And um, which David is wise and was like, I don't think I'm going to do that. <laughs> um, so it's responsible to realize you need to like work and you do need to be concerned about things in the sense of like, man, I have responsibility. That's, that's godly. Paul says that if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. So um, if you can't work, that is. Uh, so we want to be responsible. We should, we should realize, man, I need to be able to take care of myself. If I go all in on God, completely surrender to him, serve him, who's going to take care of me? It's a fair question. Except. Listen to what Jesus says. Verse 26 Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Verse 28 And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore don't be anxious, saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? or What are we going to wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things." And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. What's the answer to who's going to take care of me if I just go all in on God? What's the answer? God is going to take care of you. Here's the third thing. Your God is a caring Father. (laughs) Why can you tell worry to shut its trap when it's trying to keep you from going all in and investing in God's kingdom and pursuing him and treasuring him and and seeking him? You can tell worry to be quiet because you have a caring father. (laughs) He's going to take care of you. The idea is that when I quit being anxious about myself and what I'm going to have and who's going to take care of me, I let God the creator and sustainer of the universe, take care of and be anxious for me. You know what? God is a lot better caretaker than me. Excuse me. God is a lot better (laughs) caretaker. Let's try it again. God is a lot better caretaker of me than me, right? He can do it. That's what Jesus says. Man, look at the birds. They're just little tiny birds. (laughs) And God takes care of them. Aren't you of more value to God than a bird? The answer is yes. Don't tell PETA. The answer is yes. He cares about you. And it's look at the grass. Look at the flowers of the field. If if he clothes them, if he takes care of them as his child, as you serve him and pursue him and invest in his kingdom, he's going to take care of you because he's a good father. And I love verse 32. when He says the Gentiles seek after these things. And your father, your Heavenly Father knows that you need them all. The idea is that people who don't know God spend their time worrying over the things of this life. What am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? What am I going to have? Who's going to take care of me? He says, they don't know God. But you, if you're part of my kingdom, you know me and you know I'm going to take care of you. You know I'm a good dad. Now, you may not always get what you want, but you can trust that I'm going to take care of you. I'm slowly learning this with our kids, right? Like Haddon wants to play with the steak knife, and like he can't have it, right? Um, I know what he needs, and I'm going to take care of him. So he says you can, you can go all in knowing your dad has got your back. He knows what you need them all. I love in, uh, in Summertime being at the beach or at the pool or whatever, and um, seeing, our kids aren't quite to this age yet, but seeing little kids run with abandon off of the high dive or the, um, the edge of the pool because their father's there in the water waiting on them, right? I love seeing that. And if the father's not there, the kid's not doing it. But because daddy's there, even though they know there's, there could be danger, man, they know my dad's, Got me. So I love seeing a little kid run and jump with abandon, being all in because they know their dad's gonna take care of them. That's the picture Jesus is giving us here. You can run with abandon and serving him and investing your treasure in his kingdom and pursuing him, setting your focus on him. You can jump in with both feet because you have a father who cares. <laughs> He's gonna take care of you, he knows your needs. And if you're like, well, Brandon, how can you prove to me that he's a heavenly father who cares and loves me? The cross. (laughs) It's pretty good evidence, pretty good proof that he is a heavenly father who cares about you. Sent Jesus to die on the cross for us so we could know him and have a relationship with him. It's like Romans says, man, if he did not spare his own son, we can trust that he's going to take care of us. (laughs) that he loves us, that he is a good father. So again, the idea is in the full context, the full picture, don't let worry keep you from jumping in with both feet and pursuing and serving God. Tell worry to shut it (laughs) and invest in his kingdom. So we can do that because, number one, best things in life aren't found in stuff. Number two, worry is incapable of making your life better. It can actually make it worse. And three, your God is a caring Father. Now I told you, I think Jesus also gives us the remedy for worry. I think it's really, it's wrapped up in the full picture, but it's for sure portrayed or stated in verse 33, which is typically your coffee mug verse. But I think with the full context, it's a little richer. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So he said, don't be anxious, don't be anxious, don't be anxious. The Gentiles seek after those things, they worry. So what is the, to say? he's been saying it negatively, don't be anxious. Now he says it positively. He says, seek after the kingdom of God. So to not worry, to choose to not worry is to actively choose to intentionally pursue seeking the kingdom of God. Now, seek here is not like, I used to always, even up until this week probably, thought of seek as like, I'm searching around for it. Is it under here? I don't know. I'm looking for it. It's not like it's hiding. Like, he's like, I got you guys. No. It's that you're intentionally pursuing. Sorry. Sorry. It's to devote serious effort to realize one's desire. (laughs) It says, so make your desire, make your pursuit, your thoughts, the kingdom of God of God, and when you pursue him, all these things will be added to you. So it's not a trick that like, hey, here's the secret to the universe, seek God and he'll make you rich. No, that's not that trash that we're preaching up here. It's that as I seek God, I'm going to find that he is a caring father and he is going to take care of me. So God's not in the water like, come on, jump. And then you jump, he moves out of the way and he's like, ah, I got you, you fell for it. No, he doesn't do that. When you seek his kingdom and jump in and serving him and pursuing him with both feet, you find that he's a loving, caring father who will catch you. And it says, all the rest will be added. I got you. If you'll pursue me and make me your priority, make my kingdom the gospel going forward, people knowing me your priority, you're going to find that I'm a good father. And you're not going to be caught up in the worries of this world. See, the remedy for worry is right worship. <laughs> the remedy for worry is right worship. When I worship God and make Him my desire, rather than wor- excuse me, rather than worshiping myself and making my kingdom, my comfort, my desire, I find that him as a loving, caring father, pushes worry out of the way. When I worship myself, I'm left to myself. When I worship Stuff, I'm hoping stuff will take care of me. And the reality is that stuff is a really bad God. I love my new iPhone, but it is, it's a terrible God. It does not take care of me. I mean, Siri, Siri kind of helps me, but, um, sorry. <laughs> How redneck am I? Sorry. But it can't take care of me. It can't provide for me like God. The remedy for worry is right worship. And worship doesn't just mean this when we're here Sunday morning and the music's playing or Wednesday night or what, Tuesday night, whatever. Worship being my thoughts, my desires, my pursuit being after Jesus and his fame. I love what John Piper said about this passage. He says, make God... The king in every affair and every moment, and hand over your situations to his kingly power to do his righteous will with confidence that he will work for you and meet all your needs. To seek the kingship of God first in every affair and every moment of life is a thrilling way to live. It's full of freedom and peace and joy and adventure and hardship, (laughs) but it's worth it all. If you believe in the kingship of your heavenly father, you don't need to be anxious about anything. So here's where we're going to end. The call of this passage is not just, don't worry, it's all going to be okay. Remember, it's a lot bigger than that. The call of this passage is to jump in with both feet in serving and pursuing God, investing in his, in his kingdom, and not letting worry prevent you from doing that. Amen? So here's the question. What would happen in this year and in this decade if we as believers told worry to shut its mouth and said, I'm going to pursue, I'm going to invest in God's kingdom and not worry about what's going to happen to me because I'm going to let God, my caring Heavenly Father, take care of me. What if we made Isaiah 26-8 that says, Your name and your renown are the desire of our soul. What if that? In Matthew six thirty three, seeking first His kingdom. What if that became our heartbeat? (laughs) Think about first of all the impact that as a church we would have. We said, God, I I don't really care about what's going to happen to me because I know You're going to take care of me. I want to make You famous and I want to know You. Think about the impact we could have in this year and in this decade, and beyond that. (laughs) Because that would be right worship. Think about how carefree we would live. <laughs> as our worship is right, it would remedy our worry. I'm not worried about what I'm going to eat or if I move over there, if I'm going to be okay or what I'm going to wear. I got a heavenly father that's going to take care of me. He's a really good king. And I, I seek out to live out and uh, further his kingdom. I know him as the perfect king. Man, he's got my back. He's going to take care of me not just in heaven, but even on earth. He's, he's going to take care of me, so I'm all in. We're going to enter a, a time of response if, if the worship team will come on up. Um, I think for some of us, this morning is to say, God, I'm all in. I want to jump in with both feet and trusting you with my time, my resources. I I want to serve you, give you all I have. I'm going to tell worry I ain't scared (laughs) and I'm going to pursue you. Some of you, as we sing, you need to consider what fear or worry you do need to let go of. What fear or worry has been hindering you from being all in on Jesus and pursuing him and investing in his kingdom. For some of you, man, some of y'all, that's just, it's, it's being baptized. It's that worry of, man, am I going to be made fun of or am I going to be looked down upon if I get baptized and just saying, hey, you know what, God's a caring heavenly father. It's time for me to get baptized. It's time for me to, maybe even it's like time to join the church. I don't know what it is. But it's time to, to do it, to jump in with both feet. For others of you, maybe you're here this morning, you don't know Christ. So the idea of not worrying and trusting God as a father is totally foreign. Well, as we talked about, Christ came and died for you so you could know the love and forgiveness of God. And you can have a relationship with him this morning if you'll simply admit that, man, I'm a sinner, I'm broken. But I recognize Jesus, you are the Lord of all and you came to rescue and save me through your life, death, and resurrection. And now I want to trust you. I want to give you my life I'm trusting you for forgiveness and salvation. And I, want, I want you to be my Lord. I want to follow you where you told me to go. I want to do what you want me to do. I want to make your kingdom my priority. It says when you surrender to him like that, you become a child of God. Says, Romans says, forever calls on the name of the Lord, will be saved. Jesus, I need you. This morning, if that's you, or maybe you just want prayer about something, I have a question. Uh, one of our pastors, Jack, is back over by the coffee area, and I'll be back there by the welcome y'all area, and would we'll love to talk with you or pray with you about what it means to, to know Jesus, or maybe if you just need prayer and said, hey, I really want to go all in. I want worry to, keep, to quit holding me back from pursuing Christ and investing in his kingdom. Would you pray for me? Man, we'd love to do that. If y'all would, let's say a quick prayer together and then we're going to sing and respond. Jesus, thank you for the fact that you invite us to be part of your kingdom work and that we don't have to worry about who's going to take care of us as we go all in your kingdom work. Lord, I pray that as we sing this song that you would stir our hearts to love you more, to pursue you more, to make seeking your kingdom our first priority. And Lord, whatever worry or fear or doubt may be keeping us back from pursuing you and, and, and um, serving you with all we have, I pray that you would crush it during this song. It's in your name we pray. Amen. If you are encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and rate us wherever you stream your podcast. The goal of The Venue is to help you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus by being relational, helpful, hopeful, and real. Thanks again for listening to The Venue Podcast.